it's Friday night, and that means it's time for the Three Valleys Radio Racing Show. On the show tonight, we take our usual trip round the yards. We talk to Graham Bradley about his time with Michael Dickerson. And of course, we've got our usual tipsters on board. And we have a look at Frankie Dettori's situation. Radio Racing Show. My name's Eddie Hopper, I'm here to take you through the show and we're going to start as we always do with all the racing news with Mike Pack. Hello and a very warm welcome along to the latest edition of the Racing News with all the news that is the news from the racing media. That does include Racing TV, the Racing Post and the Sporting Life. I'm Mike Padden and here's our first story. John Gosden and Frankie Dettori have agreed to, quote, take a sabbatical from their association after a meeting at the trainer's Clarehaven base in Newmarket. Having enjoyed huge success together over the years, there were clear signs of strain at Royal Ascot last week, with Gosden, who now trains in partnership with Son Thady, publicly criticising Dettori following his ride on Stradivarius, who finished third in his bid for a fourth victory in the Gold Cup. The narrow defeat of the Queen's saga in the following Britannia stakes further exasperated the situation before the brilliant success of In Spiral in Friday's Coronation stakes gave the combination a welcome boost. However, Dettori was not booked to ride any of the Gosden Team 3 runners at Newmarket on Saturday, despite being at the July course to partner the Ralph Beckett-trained Lezou in the listed Maureen Bretagne Memorial Empress Philly Stakes, leading to speculation of a potential split. In a statement released on Friday, Gosden Sr. confirmed he and Dettori had met at his Clayhaven base earlier in the day. Gosden said, Following speculation in the press, Frankie and I have amicably decided to take a sabbatical from the trainer-jockey relationship, but we remain the closest of friends and colleagues. Frankie has been, and always will be, one of the family here, so I wanted to meet face-to-face after he returned from his post-Ascot holiday. Frankie is the most superb international jockey and together we have achieved significant successes at various times over the last three decades with a number of horses including most recently Golden Horn, Enable, Palace Pier, Two Darn Hot and Stradivarius. I do not intend to appoint a stable jockey at Clarehaven. Dottori was unavailable for comment, but his manager Peter Burrell earlier said his charge will, quote, come out fighting after the recent setbacks. 
He's riding in Istanbul on Sunday and he's got a ride at Newmarket on Saturday. I'm sure there'll be plenty of people out there who won't be watching him sitting in a weighing room and are only too happy to put him on their horses, Burrell said on Nick Luck's daily podcast. He's absolutely fired up. As we know, we've had several peaks and several troughs, and that's when he's at his most dangerous. He'll come out fighting. He's much tougher than people think. Burrell hopes Gosden and Dottori can settle their differences amicably, adding, I've known John for a very, very long time, and I just don't see any relationships upset in this way. If there is to be an ending, I just wish it would be clean and then everybody can walk through the room and carry on speaking to each other because there's no point having a row or falling out, if it's over. The Frankie story continues. Frankie Dettori ended a turbulent week on a high when he partnered Lezou to victory on his only ride at Newmarket on Saturday and vowed to continue to ride on next season following his high-profile split with John and Thady Gosden. John Gosden announced on Friday that he and Dutori had decided to take a sabbatical from their trainer-jockey relationship after days of speculation that their seven-year partnership was under strain. With the Gosdens turning to James Doyle and Rab Havlin for the stable's two runners at Newmarket, Dutori did what he does best when partnering the Ralph Beckett-trained Lazoo to a cosy success in the listed Maureen Bretagne Memorial Empress Philly Stake. Earlier in the afternoon, Dottori quashed talk that his retirement from the sport is imminent when he committed to riding on into the 2023 flat season. He said, Me and John had a meeting yesterday and we decided to give each other a break. A sabbatical, he said. That's it, really. We just had a chat yesterday. We're still good friends and I'll be forever grateful for what John did for me in the past. At the moment, we've decided it's better for the pair of us to have a break. Gosden, who was highly critical of a number of Dottori's rides during Ascot, most notably his high-profile defeat on Stradivarius in the Gold Cup and a subsequent narrow loss aboard the Queen Saga in the Britannia Stakes, said he had no plans to appoint a stable jockey at Clarehaven Stables, but Dottori declined to elaborate on whether he would ride for the Gosdens again. Listen, he said. The meeting we had between me and John is between me and him, so I'm not going to go into details. It's not fair on the pair of us. Like John said, and I said, we're having a sabbatical. I'm definitely going to do this year and next year. I'm riding in Istanbul on Sunday and I'll be at the German Derby next week. I've got a couple of weekends in Belmont and Saratoga, so I'm quite busy the next month. So if you don't see me ride domestically, it's not because I gave up, it's because I'm riding abroad. But I'm intending to ride all of this year, and definitely next year. Dittori declined to comment on whether his relationship with the Gosdens had been under strain prior to Royal Ascot, and instead chose to look towards a new chapter of his career. The 51-year-old said, It's a new start, and we'll take each step at a time. I came on your channel to reassure everyone that I'm not stopping, and if I'm away this month, it's because I'm abroad. I'll be back for King George next week and then Goodwood. I'm definitely riding this year and next year. After that, I don't know. Lazoo's trainer Beckett, who enjoyed a memorable day capped by victory in the Irish Derby with Westover, suggested the rider would continue to get the support of his stable as Dottori tackles life as a freelance once more. 
He called me just before the derby. In good spirits, said Becky from the Corral. I always enjoy putting him up. I'm training for Mark Chan, joint owner of Lazoo, because of bloodstock agent Jamie McCalmont and Frankie's connections with Mark, so it's all good. Classic winning trainers Hugo Palmer and Aidan O'Brien, who have both enjoyed Group 1 success with Dittori in the past, also stated their intention to continue backing the rider in the coming months. In my view, Frankie is the only jockey alive who can reasonably claim to be the greatest of all time, Palmer said. Lester Piggott, Fred Archer and Sir Gordon Richards are all dead, and Frankie is up there with them. I'm also sure he has got a lot of big days ahead of him. We might supplement one or two for the July Cup, and I did ring up to see if he's available, but he'll be riding in America. Other people had the same good idea ahead of me. The two biggest days in my career, the 2000 Guineas and St James's Palace, came with Galileo Gold in Frankie de Tori's hands. I'll be eternally grateful to him for that, and I would like to get him a third one. O'Brien said, Frankie is a great rider. He always was and still is. Obviously, when Frankie is available, we're always privileged that when he can ride for us. After winning the chip chase stakes at Newcastle on sense of duty, weighing room colleague Tom Marquand offered his support to Dottori, describing the 51-year-old as a racing legend. He's incredible for our sport, he said, and there's a reason he's been at the top so long. Frankie is a legend of our sport and he's operated at the highest level for many, many years. Partnerships are partnerships, whether it be within sport, marriages or anything. There are going to be disputes, I suppose. But hopefully everything resolves itself and everything turns out for the best for everyone. And next, here on The Racing News. Conditional jockey Conor McCann is still in a neck brace three months on from his career-threatening fall at Kelso. But his horrific injuries have not stopped him targeting a return to race riding. McCann, who earned high praise from Lucinda Russell and Peter Scudamore during the flying start to his career, sustained multiple injuries in a fall on Diamond State in a hurdle race at the Scottish track in March. There were long delays to the meeting following the incident and the 18-year-old was taken to hospital where he discovered he had suffered breaks to two neck vertebrae, three back vertebrae, two ribs and his right leg. McCann said, I don't remember a lot from the incidents, just waking up in the ambulance and they said I had a chest injury at first but when I got to hospital later I was told everything I had broken. I've got a 7mm fracture in my C1, which is just below the skull, and that's what they were most worried about. I ripped the ligament that attaches your neck to your skull, and that has pulled a fragment of bone off my skull. So I've kind of fractured my skull. I've done my C6 as well, but the ones in my back, that's the T5, T6 and T7, are quite stable. I've got two broken ribs and done the tibia in my right leg. Although the air ambulance arrived on course, McCann was taken by road to Borders General Hospital before being transferred to Edinburgh Royal Infirmary. People have been kicking off that I was sent to Borders General in the first place as they can't treat major trauma, and I could have been at Edinburgh 20 minutes in a helicopter, he said. I can't remember much about it all as I was on a lot of morphine, but I've been in contact with Dr Jerry Hill and I'm hoping to get back to it although it's going to be a long road. 
I've got a neck brace on, and I had a back brace as well, but I had that taken off after four weeks. I had x-rays on my neck on Monday, and I'm getting there slowly. I've just been walking and playing on my Xbox. There's not a lot really I can do. McCann, who has had four winners from just 13 rides over jumps, had only returned to action the day before Kelso, having been out injured since January. It was just the second horse I was riding after coming back from breaking my arm, and I pushed myself hard to get back for it as I'd won on him twice, he said. The injuries had been frustrating because I was flying. On the time scale for his recovery, McCann added, The specialists suspect I might be back around September to October time. I'm just waiting for clarification of when I can get my neck brace off, and then I'll be down to Jack Berry House in July and see what they think. This next story on the racing news is John Ingalls on how Frankie Dettori has bounced back from a number of different challenges in his lengthy riding career. At the age of 51, Frankie Dettori has bounced back from much greater challenges in his lengthy career than the current, quote, sabbatical, which, for the time being at least, has put his association with John and Thady Gosden stable on hold. For one thing, it's not the first time in Dettori's career that his relationship with his retained stable has taken a turn for the worse. Having become champion apprentice when starting out in Newmarket under Luca Kumani, the young jockey had ambitions to further his career in Hong Kong. Kumani, who'd taken on Dettori as an unruly teenager, evidently wasn't happy at losing his talented young jockey, and there was nothing, quote, amicable, the word Gosden used to describe the current situation, about Dettori's departure. But relations between Kumani and Dettori were mended fairly quickly, as proven by Barathea winning the 1994 Breeders' Cup mile for the old partnership. Lacking direction, Dettori's future was initially uncertain after leaving Kumani, especially after any hopes of fulfilling his ambitions in Hong Kong were ended by receiving a police caution for being in possession of a Class A drug. But with the help of mentor Barney Curley, Dettori's career got back on track when he joined John Gosden, taking up the position of retained rider to Sheikh Mohammed. Dettori's first two jockeys' championships in 1994 and 1995 soon followed, and in 1996 he was in the right place at the right time to be appointed stable jockey to the fledgling Godolphin operation. Dettori enjoyed plenty of success internationally in the early years of Godolphin, though his handling of Swain in the closing stages of the 1998 Breeders' Cup Classic drew plenty of justified criticism, with the American media being particularly scathing. Little wonder, then, that Dettori felt a sense of redemption when riding De Lamy to a nine-length victory in the turf at the same meeting 12 months later. I felt like my 10-year career had been almost ruined in a two-minute race, said Dettori in a Daily Telegraph interview, reflecting on Swain's third place at Churchill Downs. But it wasn't very long afterwards that Dettori had a life-changing experience, which must have put the outcome of a horse race in a very different perspective. Dettori miraculously escaped with not much more than a broken ankle when the light aircraft he was travelling in crashed soon after takeoff at Newmarket in June 2000. Pulled from the wreckage by the other passenger, fellow jockey Ray Cochrane, Dettori was riding winners again just a couple of months later. But while he quickly recovered from the injuries sustained in an accident that he was lucky to survive, it claimed the life of pilot Patrick McKay, 
The trauma of the incident is still something Dottori is living with over 20 years later, as he admitted in his recent autobiography, Leap of Faith. Dottori's annual tally of winners dropped below 100 in the years immediately following the accident, partly through choosing to be more selective about his rides. But after what Dottori referred to as a crap summer in 2003, he finished the season with a flourish to reach the century again with a score of 101. Relinquishing his role as a team captain on BBC's A Question of Sport, a fellow contestant innocently asked him how long he'd been retired, gave him much food for thought. Dottori focused on another push for the jockey's title in 2004 and was rewarded by beating the reigning champion, Kieran Fallon, after a close battle. That was despite the handicap of travelling to race meetings mainly by road, occasionally by helicopter, but never again in a light aircraft. It was ironic that Dottori's third championship was aided by a large increase in the size of the Godolphin string because the growth of the ever-expanding operation was ultimately to be the catalyst for the next big challenge in Dottori's career. In 2012, Godolphin recruited up-and-coming younger jockeys Michael Barcelona and Sylvester D'Souza to share the workload with Dottori, who, in theory, remained Godolphin's main jockey, but was now increasingly questioning his status in an operation which had also taken on a second private trainer, Mahoud al-Zaruni, in addition to Saeed bin Sarur. A failure to secure rides in the Derby and Oaks did nothing to make Dottori feel any less marginalised, so he jumped at the chance when rivals Coolmore offered him the ride on Camelot in the Ark. That essentially made his position with his employers untenable, and Dottori's 18-year association with Godolphin ended that season, his statement concluding that my, quote, position in the stable has changed a little bit and I need a new challenge. However, Dottori's new challenge was made all the harder when it turned out he had failed a drugs test when riding on art trials day at Longchamp. The resulting six-month ban kept him out of action until June of the following year, but he was soon in a new job, appointed stable jockey for Al-Shakab Racing, belonging to Sheikh Joanne Althani of Qatar. The Sheikh's acquisition of top French filly Treve appeared to give Dottori an exciting mount in his new role. The partnership got off to a successful start in the pre-Vermeil, but a broken ankle sustained when unseated in the paddock just days before the arc resulted in Dottori missing the big race. By the time Trevi lined up for the following year's arc, which he won again, Dottori had lost the ride on her for good after odds-on defeats in her first two starts that season. And so too Dottori's latest bounce back. A spectacular revival late in his career, thanks to rejoining John Gosden, whose stable's strength has almost certainly never been greater than in the years since Dottori's second spell with the trainer. Replacing William Buick after the latter's move to Godolphin, Dottori's first season at Clarehaven in 2015 coincided with Golden Horn's outstanding three-year-old campaign. While long and successful partnerships since with the likes of Enable and Stradivarius have also been a feature of the latter years of Dittori's career. It was Dittori's ride on Stradivarius in the latest Gold Cup which contributed to current tensions between trainer and jockey.
But it's hard to believe that the relationship between Gosden, a great human being, the jockey says in his autobiography, and a Tory has been irreparably damaged. He knows when to give me a kick up the backside and when to put his arms round my shoulder. Sometimes I feel he knows me better than I know myself. When people use the word trainer, they mean someone who trains horses. But John trains me too half the time. This has been the Racing News, with all the news that is the news across the racing media, including Racing TV, the Racing Post and the Sporting Life. I'm Mike Padden, thanks for listening, and join us again next time on the Racing News. Well that was Mike Padden with all the news from the racing media. Now let's have a look and see where we can go racing this weekend. Well we can start by going up to Haydock where there are seven races on the flat with a 135 start. There are seven races on the flat at Sandown, 150 start. Seven races on the flat at Beverley with a 218 start. Seven races on the flat at Leicester with a 245 start. Six races on the flat at Nottingham with a six o'clock start. Six races on the flat at Carlisle with a 6.20 start. And one race on the flat at Greyville in South Africa. There are eight races at Chelmsford on the flat with a 1.35 start. Seven races on the flat at Air with a 1.42 start. Seven races over the jumps at Market Raisin with a 1.50 start. Seven races over the jumps at Tremor in Ireland with a two o'clock start. And three races over the flat in Hamburg in Germany with an 11.50 start. Now, as you know, every week I dig back through the archives and see what interviews we've done over the last year. And this week we're going to have a listen to Graham Bradley. He was discussing with me his time with Michael Dickinson. Back to Michael Dickinson in a minute. I mean, he went to America, but he was yeah. he was very successful in America, wasn't he? Yeah, he had a... He had a beautiful, beautiful yard. He built his own house and he built his own yard. He bought it and built it. You know, because most American trainers train on race courses. Yeah. Um, he's still got that place in America now. Um, his birthday was a couple of weeks ago. He's 72 years old. I don't know whether he's going to stay in America or come over, but he, was a, he had a lot of winners. He was a brilliant trainer in America. So what do you think went wrong that he didn't have so many winners with Robert Sangster? Because, I mean, presumably he had the best horses available to him. Well, I think it was Robert Sangster had bred a lot of horses and they weren't very good, Yeah. Um, which was a a shame for him. Mm, Definitely. So moving on again, um, uh, 83-84, you won the Dipper Chase on Lettuck and the... The Castleford Handicap Chase on Badsworth Boy, a name that rings a bell. And then you had uh, Brown's Gazette and Rhyme and Reason. So a pretty good year was, you know, looking to be forming at that particular time. Well, it, I was, it was absolutely unbelievable. Um, to win the Sun Lions Novice Hurdle at Cheltenham on Saban de Loire hmm. was, was, just, was just absolutely brilliant. Lettock was a very good horse. He broke down, unfortunately. Um I won the Castle Bandicoot Chase on Badsworth Boy, Coral National on Ryman Reason, um, another one on Ryman, Wayward Lad. I mean, I won on lots of really, really, really good horses. Because Sabon de Loire, Brigon, and Ryman Reason were as good horses, and Wayward Lad were as good horses I ever rode. Very mm. lucky. And if you had to look back now on, on all of your winners, is there any one that stands out as being just that little bit extra magic about him? 
Yeah, I think Rhyme and Reason. Yeah. Um, I was trained by David Murray-Smith at the time. Um, and I won the Irish Grand National in mm. um, 1985. It was absolutely unbelievable. He was a novice. I was, uh, I mean, I've seen it on videos a few times. I went round the outside and it was an absolutely brilliant win. It was the first English winner there for I don't know how many years. But I would have said, memories, memories-wise, rhyme and reason. I mean, it's a shame he got injured, something wrong with him. He, um, David Ellsworth, he went down to below 10 stones rating and I couldn't, couldn't ride him because I, I couldn't do 10 stones. Hmm. Um, but he, he gradually grew up, grew up, grew up and got better and better and better and he ended up winning the um, the English Grand National, didn't he? Hmm. Um, which was his year and I didn't, I didn't get the ride on him. So, I mean, look, you've won the Welsh National, you've won the Irish National. How have you done generally in the uh, the Aintree National? Um, unfortunately, I only had about 16 rides in it um, and the closest I got was on Sunny Bay to Charlie Brooks. Mm. Getting that job for Charlie Brooks was, was absolutely brilliant. And we finished second. Um, I had 12 stones. He's a, a really, really, really good horse. Um, Carl Llewellyn won it. Um, and it was, a, it was a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful memory. Yeah. Um, and I thought I was going to win. Um, it was very good. I just, just unfortunately, I think I had 12 stone and. Carl Llewellyn's had 10-10 something. Um, and it was just, it was just Earth Summit, that's right. Earth Summit was um, just too good for us, unfortunately. Mm. It was a great run. Shame we never won the, the, uh, the Grand National, but second was, was the best I ever did. Try and, try and um, describe to me, I mean, I've, I've only ridden the horse twice. Um, up round some hills around here where I live in Somerset and uh, there was a whole group of us doing it and it was one of those situations where the horse in front suddenly started to motor on a little bit and everybody started to motor on and I was there hanging on for dear life most of the time so can you describe to me what it's like to ride the Grand National because that's I've got no conception of what it must be like so I'm hoping you can tell me I used to love 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 riding it it's absolutely amazing 40 runners you start off in one line all together, and it's such a wide, 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 wide course. And you go down to the to the Beaches Brook, which is the sixth fence. You've just got to be you've just got to be lucky. I mean, the fences now are a lot smaller and a lot softer. When I was riding it, they were big. Beaches Brook was absolutely massive. Yeah. So you've you've just got to use them. And I rode a lot of horses. They only carried 10 stone and I only did 10 five or something. I didn't ride some very, very, very good horses, unfortunately. Um, but you've just got to be, you've just got to concentrate. You've got to keep them balanced. You've got to keep them jumping. You hope you've got to get the trip for a quarter mile. Um, and Sunny Bay was absolutely brilliant. I was very unlucky not to win. Mm. We ran national on him. Sorry. But you've just got to, you've just got to balance, rhythm, timing you've got to be a very very good jockey and I presume you've got to be brave <coughs> um, yes you've got to be brave um, I, I won the Italian champion hurdle at Charlie Brooks in 1991 on a horse called Baccaro 
Mm-hmm. And I also won an old toy on it as well. You know, it's absolutely amazing to go to different countries, different races, and win big races like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's miracles, but it's really, really, really satisfying, and, I've, and I really enjoy it. Uh, I, I got a ride on Des- Desert Orchid one day at Sandown, David Ellsworth. You know, Desert Orchid's one of the best horses ever. It was, a, it was a two-mile race, which it had won a couple of years before. But the race before, Richard Dunwoody didn't want to ride it at Sandown, just mm. two miles. He'd won the Irish Sand National, which was for him a quarter of a mile. Mm. Um, but to ride, to ride Desert Orchid like that was an absolute miracle. Um, I'll tell you another big, big race that I won in Ireland, the Siestis Chase. Yeah. And a horse called Couldn't Be Better. Mm-hmm. Um, January 1997, Golden Park. That was absolutely brilliant, winning that. He was a very, very good horse. Um, uh, very, see, very good horse comes with him. I see in your list of winners here, you also rode Floyd in the Long Walk Hurdle in uh, 1990. Yeah. Floyd won me a fortune. He was a wonderful horse. Every time I backed him, he won. Great little horse. I remember him well. Maroon and blue colours, yeah. weren't they? Well, he was an absolute super, really good. I won two or three big races on him uh, for David. It was a wonderful ride for David. And he had so many winners on the flat. Yeah. So many winners over the I think I think he's just retired this year now. That's right, it he has, yeah. Miracle. It was a miracle ride for him. He's a lovely, lovely, lovely man, an absolute gentleman. Hmm. So presumably you must have been voying with uh, Colin Brown for rides because he rode a lot for David Ellsworth, didn't he? He did. I met Colin Brown the other day. He does a few tips. He's a, he's a, he's a really, really, really man. Yeah. Really nice man. Yeah. Um, I've just found out here, David Ellsworth Floyd, the long hurdle at Ascot 1990. Hmm. So that was the, probably the biggest race that I won in. It was absolutely big. I tell you, I used to ride for as well with Toby Baldy. Yeah. He's, he's passed away now. I, mean, I know I used to ride for his dad as well. I rode a winner for the Queen, Queen's mother, actually. Um, but I, I think one of the best horses I've for Toby Bond was Kill Dino. Mm. I won the Sun Alliance Novice Chase 1987 on him. Mm. Um, he was a very, 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 very good horse. I was lucky to ride. Well, that was former National Hunt jockey Graham Bradley having a chat with me uh, a few months ago now about his time with Michael Dickinson. Hey, we're looking for a petrol head. Three Valleys Radio are planning to introduce a weekly F1 programme to their schedules and need a petrol head to research, prepare and present a new show focusing on the sport. The new show will be broadcast in two parts, as firstly a preview show covering final practice and a review show covering the race itself with post-match interviews and opinion. If you love F1, this is an ideal opportunity to get into community radio covering the sport you love. If you think you fit the bill and fancy a career in community radio, then please email us at Info at threevalleysradio.com
there you are. If you're interested in the other form of racing, i.e. motor racing, then please, please get in touch. Okay, well now it's come to the part of the show where we catch up with all our regular guests and we're going to start with Simon Holt from The Sporting Life. I'm going to look at the Cesarowicz and poor old Frankie. Well, good morning, Simon. Uh, nice of you to join us again. Uh, the Eclipse this weekend, then. Yes, the, the field has cut up a little bit. They're just going to be six runners now, but um, it's full of quality and it, I think it's an intriguing race, as it so often is. And the favourite, and very well backed in recent days, is the French derby winner, Verdini, who was very impressive at Chantilly, quickened right away from his rivals there. I just question a little bit um, the quality of the opposition or or how some of the opposition were, were slightly compromised by the draw. He beat a horse called El Bodigon, who'd been well beaten in the Dante State here at York previously the third modern games won the french 2000 guineas but probably didn't quite get the trip at Chanty. and there's a couple of others al hakim and onesto who were fourth and fifth who had no chance from their draws and ran very good races he was however very impressive a little bit of an unknown quantity really pitched into this really deep company we've got some really well proven older horses here like alan kerr a uh, winner over in Ireland last time out. Bay Bridge, who was second to State of Rest in the Prince of Wales's stakes at Royal Ascot. Lord North, aboard whom Frankie de Tory didn't get the blindfold off quickly enough, and he was uh, behind Bay Bridge in the Prince of Wales's. And Mishriff and Native Trail. Native Trail, uh, winner of the Irish 1000, second in our 2000 guineas. Not really bred to appreciate the step up to a mile and a quarter, but in running style, uh, certainly at the Curra last time, I thought, well, he looks like a horse that will get a bit further, you know, wants a bit further. And the highest rated horse in the race is Mishriff, who was a brilliant winner of the Judmont International last season, beating Alan Kerr very easily indeed. And he ran in the Eclipse last season, went only third behind St Mark's Basilica, and looked as though he needed the run, having not run for a couple of months. He'd uh, been successful at Maidan then, earlier in the year. And he comes here after a longer break this time, having been uh, well beaten at, um, in Saudi Arabia uh, much earlier in the year. And that's just the question mark, whether he's going to be absolutely spot on, which he'll need to be against this opposition, and whether the Jabbant International is again his big target. Um, in conclusion, I would think uh, Baybridge has every chance of going very close. He was a very impressive winner over the course of distance first time out. And if you want a better price... Alan Kerr is bound to give you a run for your money. He's a really tough horse, and uh, Tom Marquand might just try and dictate things from the front. Very good race. Good. Okay, but well, I've got to ask you now. Um, you know the whole Simon. Uh, start again. I've got to ask you um, at this point, Simon. Um, Frankie Dettori. Now, uh, I think he's been rather harshly dealt with. Um, what do you think about it all? Well, yes, I don't think he's suddenly just become a bad jockey because of a few uh, misjudged rides um, I think all jockeys go through periods where they just uh, go out of form a little bit and you know he's been a fantastic rider a brilliant jockey and he's re received quite a lot of support from some of his peers in the last few days I noticed the great Australian rider Glenn Boss was very supportive of him and 
he said he wouldn't be riding this weekend because he's got a big race to ride in, I think, in Istanbul. And then he's going on, um, I think, next weekend or, or a little bit later in the month to ride over in America at Belmont. He's got a couple of rides there booked already by Godolphin. So uh, we won't be seeing him for a bit, uh, or not very regularly in the next few weeks, but uh, that doesn't mean that he's giving up because he's allowed to carry on and carry on next season as well. Um, I think there's just been uh, a few personal tensions as well, and it was alluded to in a piece in the Racing Post this week that John Gosden hasn't really been that happy recently with Frankie's rather part-time approach to the job. Yeah. And okay, yes, he's he's only taken the big rides for Gosden over the last few seasons, but um, he wasn't around before Royal Ascot, and then he he disappeared after Royal Ascot as well. And I don't think he's been making enough appearances in the yard, you know. And yeah, uh, yeah. I think that also sows a little bit of division, you know, perhaps amongst um, uh, some of the staff of Gosden's yard. You know, they they just perhaps might think, well, here comes the prima donna when he when he eventually decides to show up, you know. Yeah. But overall, I mean, he it's been a fantastic partnership between John Gosden and Frankie Dettori, you know, with um, horses like Golden Horn and Enable and Stradivarius, of course. And um, it just seems extraordinary that the, the partnership may have come to an end. They're calling it a sabbatical. We'll just have yeah. to wait and see what happens later in the year. Uh, but it looks... At the moment, as though he probably won't ride Stradivarius if Stradivarius runs in the Goodwood Cup, which should uh, be uh, a bit of a surprise, really, given his record on the horse. But of course, he hasn't ridden the horse very well in the last two Gold Cups, and the owner has been quoted this week as being very disappointed with his ride at uh, Royal Ascot um, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. So, who would you envisage giving Frankie the most rides now? Then, I mean, you know, he, he, can he go back to Coolmore, or could he? Um, you know, is there another another trainer that you think will pick up the cudgels and let him ride for him regularly? I would have thought that he'll come in for a lot of good freelance rides. Um, from maybe Rafe Beckett would be one. He has owners who he rides for. The, the man that he won the um, two-year-old race on at Newmarket last week, Mark Shan, who's a friend of his. I think um, uh, he'll be used by Godolphin and he'll be used by Coolmore, but not obviously on the first string uh, runners in the big races because Ryan Moore will ride those. But I think he, he could still come in for some good rides. But he's going to have to adopt a different attitude, I think, if he's going to continue and continue without John Gosden. He's going to have to work a bit harder. Yeah. And you do wonder whether it's a great idea um, to to rise so infrequently, you know, in every other sport. Mm. You know, the players practice a great deal. Golfers, they come off the course and they hit the practice ground. And uh, there's been, uh, I can't remember who said, said it earlier this week, um, that um, it was another jockey and just, just questioning, you know, that you whether if you don't ride enough, whether you're going to be quite sharp enough mentally yeah, to make yeah. those quick decisions, those split-second decisions. And I think that's a, a fair point because, as I say, in virtually any other professional sport, you know, the, the top performers, they practice yeah. and they get lots of action. And, and you know, he's, he's not going to be as naturally sharp at the age of 51 as he was at the age of 31 no, and right. perhaps it's a time that he actually does need to work a bit harder at it 
Well, I'm just in the middle of reading his autobiography, and it's, it's quite an interesting insight into his attitude to things. But um, he, yeah. he talks a good story. I'll give him his due there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's always had this um, uh, sort of rather pressurised relationship with his father, of course, Jim Pankow, yeah. who yeah. was a, an extremely good jockey himself, and um, seems to be very hard to please, quite exacting, quite critical. Yeah. And uh, Frankie's been back to Sardinia after... Royal Ascot, and and maybe they had a good converse, you know, good conversation. And I'm sure that his father would probably say, "Look, if you want to carry on, you've got to pull your finger out a bit more." You know, yeah, yeah. that's what I feel. You know, I think uh, I think uh, he should start um, riding a bit more in the week. Um, I think he'll always pick up good rides, and providing he's got a good chance of winning, whether it wherever it is, if he has to go to Leicester or Yarmouth mm. or wherever then he should go. Yeah, you know? yeah. But uh, whether he really wants to do that, whether he wants to get back on that treadmill, remains to be seen. Well, as they say, watch this space. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, a, it's certainly a very big story for the sport, isn't it? You know, yeah, he's the, yeah. the most famous jockey, um, certainly in this country, and one of the most famous jockeys in the world. And he is the only jockey, really, on the flat who would be um, recognisable or beyond... Beyond racing, yeah. whereby members of the public who who aren't interested in racing, they probably would have heard of Frankie Tutori. So, yeah, I think you're right. You know, yeah. He's a big star. Yeah, he is indeed. Okay then, Simon, well, thank you very much for that. And, um, Not at all. We'll speak to you again very shortly, I have no doubt. Okay, thank you, AD. Thank you, Simon. Well, that was Simon Holt and uh, his views on the Frankie Tutori situation. And we're going to get a few more of those now because coming up next, we've got Mr. Colin Brown. Well, good morning, Colin. I need two things to talk about today, mate. The Coral Eclipse and Frankie de Tori. Ah, <laughs> yeah, quite. Well, the Coral Eclipse um, won't take long because there's only six declared runners. So that is what a disappointment. They put on a race worth whatever it's worth, half a million quid, and six runners turn up. I mean, why do they frighten each other away? There should be 16 runners in the race because you yeah. never know, do you? No, I mean, well, even, even I presume right down to sixth place, you'd get a fair old crack of uh, money, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Unbelievable. That's the way it goes. And yeah, Frankie de Tori. What do you make of that? I well, mean, I think he's um, been stitched up well and truly, personally, because I love him. But um, obviously. I love him as well. And I tell you what, I think Gosden has, has, has not really shown his finest uh, colours, to be perfectly honest. Bjorn Nilsson, who he's ridden many winners for, yeah. you know. All right, Stradivarius should have won, but things happen. You know, they're not machines. He got stuck in on the inside, and, you know, it wasn't easy. He could have pulled out much earlier um, and then been really wide and still got beat. Yeah. And he would have gone about another eight lengths, ten lengths. I just don't know, but I really, as far as I'm concerned, he's brilliant. You know, he's 51. He doesn't, he picks and chooses rides a bit. He doesn't, you know, when you're 51, you can't go to Wolverhampton Monday, Southall Tuesday, Kempton Wednesday. You know, you just can't do it. No. But no. What he, he looks after horses. He's never really hard on them. He keeps them balanced. And, you know, I think it's a disgrace, personally. Yeah. You know, um, uh, 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 there's an old Italian saying, but I can't really say it, but it's something like, and you one sheep. Um, some of your listeners might know what I'm talking about and some might not, but look it up. And, um, no, I mean, what a great shame. Great, great rider. You know, all these riders like Buick, Doyle, all those good riders, 
still going to hang on to their jobs. They're not going to go run into the Gonston's yard or two of the yard, you know. Mm. So I just don't know. But, you know, he's got Rab Havlin. He's got some good jockeys as Egan and whatever. I don't know. Anyhow, I don't think it's been handled very well. Bjorn Nelson, you know, is sort of like said, um, oh, he should have won. But I'll wait till he goes to stud. Um, you know, this sort of stuff. He'll only have jumping... He'll only have flat mares. Well, he's a two and a half mile horse. He's not always the easiest ride, and we've seen that in the past. So I feel sorry for Frankie. The Queen's runner, well, ride the race again. He might have just got up on it. But, God, there's been some chances at Royal Ascot for the Queen never winner, and they've finished, got beaten two lengths, got beaten a length, and we're all hoping she's going to be a winner. Frankie very nearly got her a winner, the uh, big one, but didn't. He won on in Spiral, or Spiral, or whatever it's called, the coronation, you know, I mean, but I tell you what, Frankie, he's as tough as teeth. He's fit and he'll bounce back from this. He'll be on some of these horses for Godolphin abroad, like in America. There's plenty of trainers want to put him up. Rafe Beckett said the weekend, Rafe Beckett doesn't normally say anything too special about anybody. And when he won the listed race at Newmarket, Frankie, Rafe Beckett said, Phew. What a ride Frankie gave that. We really didn't expect her to win. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah um, I just like I just like to see Frankie come tearing by a few of those horses that he's allegedly given moderate rides to on something else and go and beat him on the line. That's what I'm hoping. So yeah. I'm really biased. I don't like jockeys getting, you know, when you've ridden 72 Royal Ascot winners and all the big winners that he's ridden for those big stables that he's now an owner's that he's now getting jocked off. Yeah. You know, it's a disgrace. Life's too short. There's a war in Ukraine. There's people starving around the world. You know, there's a horse race when a great, great jockey just got beaten. All right, a little bit of jockey error maybe on one of them and you get the sack. I think it's a disgrace. Well, not only that, of course, uh, you know, you, you mentioned uh, Bjorn Nielsen. I mean, he won him a, a million pound bonus, didn't he, last year from memory with Stradivarius? Yeah, I think he did. You know, I mean, how much money has he earned, these guys, over the years, and then get treated like that? I think it's shocking. Absolutely shocking. And, you know, absolutely shocking it is. And, um, you know, those horses, those horses he got beat on, you know, um, if they get beaten at Goodwood or wherever else they go next, well, so be it. So, who do you see... um, who do you see giving Frankie the rides now, though? Now that uh, you know Gosden's obviously out of the picture, who, who's likely to take up, uh, you know, give him rides? Well, you know, you have got people like Wesley Ward in America, and yeah. providing providing Tabor hasn't got sort of uh, sucked into the um, Clarehaven stable, and is you know um, thinking, well, maybe we won't put him on you know, some of the Cornwall runners, because, look, he's ridden a Guinea's winner for Cornwall and a, another classic winner somewhere, or Group 1 winner, in the last couple of years, isn't he? So, yeah, you yeah. know, unbelievable. Um, you know, there's plenty of people that will put him up. Um, so if Cornwall still put him up, then we've got, um, you know, we've got the Australian Hall of Fame, guy Ken Bloss, who, who said, you know, he said... Um, He's back in the jockey. Um, and he's, uh, yeah, I mean, in America, and I think, you know, out in Saudi, out in, you know, Dubai, they'll be putting up. You watch, he'll bounce back. 
he'll bounce back and come come come, come back past a few of these horses that he's got beat on and and put his little finger up in the air and go, hey, group one again, yeah. or whatever it might be. Yeah. But I suppose you know one man's uh, heartache is possibly somebody else's uh, joy. Um, yeah. I saw an awful lot of mentions of Holly Doyle riding through uh, John Gosden. Do you think that's going to happen on a regular basis? Well, I think she might get a few more rides, and she is retained by um, by um, uh, Imar else uh, bad whatever he's called, the guy who has those green cars who owns Nashua. Mm. You know, she won the um, Oak, the French Oaks the other day. Um, but um, I, I think um, I think Frankie. Will, I mean, Frankie will come back and ride for another two years, yeah. I would say, and he's fit. And I mean, I know his agent Peter Burrow is racing manager, and you know he says that he's as hungry as any. Frankie's not going to lie down because he's not like that. You know, he's a showman, he's a show off, he's a great character. He's not going to go. Oh no, the Goslings are going to be the sack. That's the end of the world because you know the Goslings aren't the be all and end all to ride for. At the end of the day, there's plenty of other good trainers around that um, I'm sure Frankie. Can get the leg up for, and um, it'll be absolutely fine. So, yeah, I mean, maybe I've said too much, but uh, that's my opinion. You know, I haven't pointed the finger or called anybody anything. I just think, you know, after a long relationship with someone, yeah, you know, when I wrote for David Ellsworth, he called me everything you can think of, and you know, I always bounced back, I never spat the dummy out, I always came back for more. And we were great mates, and we get on well, and we still do. It's brilliant. But, you know, these riding relationships are difficult. But, you know, and I messed up a couple of times, but, you know, I got back on them. Yeah. But really, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a great shame when just two horses have been beat. I know it's big racing, Royal Ascot. I know that, you know, they probably should have run, run the race again. They probably would win. Um, you know, not, not definitely, but probably but you know it takes more than one you know it takes more than one swallow to make a summer you know mm. and honestly he's done very little wrong every day when he comes out and rides for Gosnells he does very little wrong he wins on him you know well I've never known you quite so emotional Colin well done yeah well you know listen we all stick together a bit and um Anyhow, I'm sure there's plenty of jockeys waiting to get on the Clarehaven horses. Um, let them get on with it. Yeah. Let them get on with it. Looking at the field, uh, going back to the Coral Eclipse now, um, oh. uh, you know, what, 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 do you, what do you fancy out of that long? Well, let me just... I'm just changing the screen over to the 2nd of July. I am there at Sandown Park for two days, working partly for Sandown and partly for Coral. Uh, well, the Eclipse, um, we have got, um, well, we got um, the French horse, horse Vedini, who, um, who's pretty, he's a pretty smart horse. He's never run in England, but he's won a couple at Chantilly, won five lengths last night, the Prise Jockey Club, and that's their French derby. That was in soft ground. Um, you've got him. Um, you've got Native Trail, who's, you know, three-year-olds do well in this race, and this horse beat New Energy um, and Imperial Fighter uh, in the Guineas in Ireland. Um, you know, you have to respect him, of course. 
Uh, you've got Baybridge, who I was disappointed he didn't win the Hardwick. He got beaten by State Arrest um, at Royal and Prince of Wales, should I say. Got beaten by State Arrest. I was a bit disappointed with that, but that was the same trip. Good to firm ground. Misriff, you know, a horse that's, um, that's a very, very good horse. He was third last year to St. Mark's Basilica. Um, and Adair, they really, really fancied him. Um, but was it the year before, I'm trying to think now whether he... No, 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 he didn't. He was just third to St. Mark's Basilica. So, not without a chance, the, um, the, the gods of the North. Alan Kerr, now this is an interesting contender because he won the um, Tattersall's Cup in Ireland. High Definition was second, and High Definition came out Next time was third to Hookham and Pile Driver. Um, pretty good form. Alan Carr, I think the Haggershire could run a big race. Then you've got Lord North, who, of course, has won. Um, he has won a Prince of Wales's at Asker under James Doyle. Um, Frankie's... Frankie just won um, a Group 1 worth about one million seven hundred and fifty one thousand yeah frankie just won that uh, poor old race on him in Maizan a couple of runs ago but he <laughs> doesn't get the ride on him um yeah i'm gonna go native child i think he's a very good horse three olds but they've got a good record in the race and um that's the one i fancy native trail to win for appleby and buick Excellent stuff. Thank you, Colin. We'll catch up with you tomorrow to get your tips for the weekend. We'll look forward to that, Eddie. God bless you. Thank you. Now it's time to catch up with Mr. Richard Phillips, our resident flat racing expert. Well, Richard, how have you? Uh, oh, start again. Start again. Richard, thanks for joining us. How are you today? Not too bad, Adrian. Not too bad at all. Hope you're well. Yeah, not too bad. So uh, what have you got to talk to us about today, then? Well, of course, we've got the big race on Saturday, the Coral Eclipse, one of the best group ones of the year. Um, Corals have been the sponsors for decades now. It's always a great mile and a quarter group one where the three-year-olds and the four-year-olds take each other on, here and after the first time. And this year looks very competitive. Uh, we've got the favourite is the French derby winner, Bedini, who comes over trained by uh, Jean-Claude Rouget, uh, ridden by Christophe Sumion. And Bedini um, is a short price favourite. There's a lot of lot of uh, money for this horse. He looked very impressive in the French Derby. He's by a horse called Churchill, who's a new stallion, a Cornwall horse that won the Guineas for Aidan O'Brien. And he is the favourite. But he's got a bit of stiff competition. Uh, he's got the Irish Guineas winner in Native Trail. Uh, of course, came runner-up in the Newmarket Guineas. And we've got Bay Bridge, who um, is Michael Stout's um, proving four-year-old who was beaten in the Group 1 at Ascot, the Prince uh, of Wales. But cut long story short, this horse uh, still has lots of ability to show. And although he might need a bit further, I think Sandan will suit him better than he did at Ascot. So a very, very good feel for the Coral Eclipse on Saturday. What about Mishriff? He's, he's <laughs> in the field as well. I, I quite fancy him. Yeah. Initiative, uh, they don't, uh, but uh, he's obviously been a great horse in the past. He's travelled the world. Uh, I know David Egan, who rides him, is confident he'll run a big race, but I can't quite see it myself. 
but um, I think um, hope, uh, hopefully he'll run a big race for Gotham Camp. OK. Um, and then, of course, we had the Irish Derby over the weekend. What did you make of that? Yeah, very impressive winner in Westover. So Westover was the winner um, by sort of a fair few lengths, as it were, for Rafe Beckett. Of course, he was an unlucky third in the Epsom Derby. Uh, didn't get a great run all the way around. He didn't have the best of draws, got stuck on the inner. Once he got out, he basically uh, flew in the final furlong. He looks a real stayer in the making. He may well go for King George, might go for the St. Ledger, might go for the Ark. But he looks like a horse that'll make an even better boy-roll. He's a son of Frankel, uh, owned by Khalid Abdullah's Judmont farm. Khalid Abdullah passed away last year, but the Judmont colours still in green and pink, still dominate in many races, in Group 1 races, certainly in this country. And uh, it was great to see him being so impressive. At the... But um, Westover looked pretty good. Now, of course, we've had all this uh, <laughs> this situation with Frankie Tatori over the weekend and, and last week. I mean, what do you make of it now the dust has settled a little bit? Yeah, I think both parties would probably admit they could have handled it a bit better. But uh, I suspect it's been building up for a while, really. I mean, Frankie's obviously one of the greatest jockeys of all time, uh, but he's he's getting on in years, and, um, you know, sometimes, possibly, you don't make the same decisions you made when you were a 30-year-old when you are 50. Yeah. Um, Jay, Gosden, Jay Gosden's a great trainer, one of the greats, um, and I um, can see how, being a trainer, you're frustrated when things don't go to plan, you put a load of effort in, and you think the jockey might have made the wrong decision and, and cost you a race. So uh, Stradivarius was one occasion at the Ascot Gold Cup where um, Jay Gosden openly criticised Frankie for coming out of position, as it were, and giving the horse too much to do. But like most races, you can see both sides of the argument. But um, they're having a sabbatical, as they say. I wouldn't be surprised if if Frankie Dittori was riding for Jay Gosden again, um, certainly next season on certain occasions. But I think uh, at the moment, I think it's probably... Um, John Gosden's probably looking elsewhere, as it were, for the big races. Do you think, though, that, I mean, bearing in mind the sort of money that, that Frankie has, has earned, the various owners, I mean, for example, um, the, the owner of Stradivarius had a million-pound bonus, didn't he, for, for winning six races or whatever it was on this trot. Um, you know, he surely he's entitled to the odd mistake, isn't he? Yeah, odd mistakes are okay, but as I say, I think it's been building up for a while, and um, I think you know things don't always go right as it were. But Jay Gosden, I think, uh, made sort of passing comment that Frankie might have been at a wedding the week before Royal Ascot, when someone younger years might have not have spent as long at a wedding, uh, a relation uh, the week before Royal Ascot, and as much as he, he should have probably been in Newmarket riding some work on the potential winners at the. Uh, Royal Ascot so I think um, it's probably a six and two threes but it happens in sport and they're two brilliant people but I'm sure um, they'll still get on very well but for the time being I think um, I'm sure they'll be successful without each other Okay Richard well thank you for that and um, we'll no doubt catch up with you next week no, very, very many thanks looking forward to a great call eclipse on Saturday Okay thanks Richard speak to you next week then cheers for now Will do
Thank Thanks, you. David. Well, that was uh, Richard Phillips with his thoughts on the flat racing season as we're going along, and in particular the Coral Eclipse and poor old Frankie Dettori. But uh, seems to be a mixed bag of opinion on Frankie Dettori. And here comes another one because here's our little chat with our regular guest from Colompton. It's Rod Mill. Well, good morning, Rod. How are you today? Yeah, not too bad. Um, I had a nice winner yesterday, so it always cheers you up. Yeah, absolutely. Amazonian dream. Yeah, did he win well? That's right. Well, it, he he won by a half a length, but it was a, you know he was always he was always going to go well in the race, you know. Yeah. I, he he won it. He, he won it comfortably, put it that way. And and last week we were discussing at length uh, tagline and the listed race. Well, I watched it. Very unlucky not to win. I mean, you know, what were you about half a length back down? I suppose nothing more than that was it. Well, a bit for a bit further than that, but she knows she ran a blinder. Very very pleased with it. I ran well above expectations, so that was to everyone up. Yeah. And uh, you got three out today at Newbury, um, but the weekend you got a couple. What, what about the ones over the weekend, first of all? Um, well, we've got two of the mistress in the Dragon Stakes, which is um, a, we've got a pattern race, black type race. Yeah. Now, if she, being a filly, if she was lucky enough to be in the first three, it would put a lot of money on her value, future value as a broodmare. Yeah. So that's why we're trying that. I mean, at the moment, she's one of the outsiders. There's only six runners. But if... Um, if any of those top ones run a poor race, we could run into a place. Right. Which would and, be nice, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And um, what was the other one? I'm just looking there. Where we said to that's... Uh, how do you pronounce that? Uh, crystal Cast. Crystal Cast in, crystal cast in the ladies' race. Um, yeah. We've got a very good jockey on her. Uh, Joe, Joe rides out for us, uh, Joe Supple. She's on 99 winners, so she's trying to get the hunt to winners. Right. Uh, in this right. Race. So um, she, she's a nice ride. She's easy to ride and always runs a genuine race. So she should be there about, you know. And on Saturday you got one called Soy Deo. Soy Deo, yeah. That's she's named after a mountain in Thailand. Oh right, okay. It's, it's a mountain in Thailand, but she, yeah. she's she she ran a reasonable race at uh, Windsor last time. But I thought we were a bit too prominent on a bit too rode a bit too handy. Yeah. So we'll just get ride her a little bit further back on. Uh, Saturday, but she wouldn't without a chance, you know. But she hasn't got a mountain to climb. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, she hasn't. No, no, she should be there. About. She could a chance. And, and then we've got Princess Naomi. One of Master Carpenter's. Yeah, that's Master Carpenter's uh, horse. Yeah. Uh, his father, and it, she's got handicap has given her quite a low rating. Right. So um, if she, the only thing is it's seven furlongs. Yeah. She's never tackled that far before. But if she stays the distance, I'd expect her to run quite well. Right. Okay. Okay. Well, that's not looking too bad then. And then, of course, you had a second at Kempton yesterday, Billy Mill, Billy Miller. No, no. Yeah, Billy he, Mill. he ran a good race. I mean, that's, that's nineteen winners. I think we had twenty-eight seconds of this year already. Yeah. Well, that's that's good. We've been quite it? busy. So, I mean, are you up to? I mean, I'm, I'm sure you're not going to tell me your target, but are you up to target as far as you're concerned? Do you think? Well, we don't we don't have targets. We just try to be still in business in, in the yeah. year, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and. Um, uh, I've got to ask you, as as a trainer, you you've obviously sat back and watched the whole saga unraveling with Frankie Dettori. What what are your thoughts on it? Um, well, Frankie Dettori is on a big day is probably still one of the best jockeys in the world. Um, but he's probably just over the last year or so. I expect Mr. Gosden thinks he should be doing a bit more work in the yard. Yeah. And he's obviously been taking a bit of time off and just riding Saturdays and big races. And I expect, I expect Mr. Gosden thought he needed a reality check. Yeah. And 
I'd be very surprised if he doesn't still ride for Mr. Costin this season. I think you'll find he'll still get on some of those good horses. Yeah. And I think I think it's Mr. Costin like him to be known that he's in charge. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> not not yeah. Frankie, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh it, it's it's like it's like it's like you having your car serviced and you think it's not being done to your satisfaction and you're having a moment. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, quite. No, well, that's fair enough, and I know that he, you know he gets paid well for sure. But on the on the other um, hand, he, he's he's he has been pretty uh, productive for them over the years, hasn't he? Yes, he has. I mean, I think I think it's just obviously obviously um, the Costins probably weren't happy with Frankie's input, and then he then he happened to ride two poor races, and he you know he. he they they felt he was at fault, and they let him let him know it. Yeah. And and because he disappeared for a week afterwards, I think they thought we have got to put you in your place. Yeah, yeah. No, and um, I'd be very surprised if he doesn't ride for them again. And it might just be, just Frankie. Just they they wanted to put their authority over on him, mm, you know. Yeah. And tell him, you know, you know, you, you, we're we're giving you good rides. You've got to play by ball, you know. Yeah. And I think you'll find that um, things will settle down a bit again. I mean, he still. What I mean, there we are. He he came back and won the big race. Yeah, yeah, on Saturday. He did. You know, that's, yeah, that's yeah. Frankie. He's he's a brilliant jockey, and yeah. um, but it's like a lot of these brilliant people. They have a bit of a different temperament sometimes. You know. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a fair comment. Okay, then, Rod. Well, thank and you very much for that. Appreciate your that's okay. your that's opinion, right. and uh, good luck but, at Newbury this afternoon, this evening, and. Uh, Hopefully a few winners then. This one that's going, um, where's it gone? I've lost it now. Jenna Peppy. Jenna Peppy, Jenna Peppy. Yeah, yeah. nice filly. Um, it'll be a first run. I mean, we don't wind ours up too much. No. The but, trouble is, t- to make a two-year-old win first time out, you've got to really work them hard. Yeah. And it upsets them, makes them all a bit cheated up, and then it can take you 18 months to get them relaxed again. Yeah. We, we train ours very much relaxed. Yeah. Or try to. Yeah. And then we let them come and come to hand, you know. Whereas yeah. some trainers go for first time out winning. If you notice, the majority of first time out horses, that's the best they ever go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Quite. I mean, now it's always you know. I, I always look at first time out as purely on the basis that um, you know, if you're going to get a good price about them, that's the time to do it because it's first time out and nobody knows how good they are. Um, yeah, but you see that. I mean, if you if you've got your horse in one of the top yards. They're always short in the betting when they run first time out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, my filly in Newby is a nice filly. She's 80 to 1. The yeah. bookies, you know, aren't giving us any chance at all. And, and I'm not saying she will win, but she, she'll, end, she'll end up in the top third of that race by the end of the year, you know? Yeah, yeah. And they're, they're well-bred horses today. It's a good race, you know. But um, some of the ones that finish in front of her this first time, they won't finish in front of her. Three races time, that's for sure. Mm. And and of the three this afternoon, this evening, which was best chance? Crazy only, luck. Only one. Only one two. Which he's gone favourite. Oh right. Okay, that's fair enough. Then. Yeah. Which one's not running? Pride of Horridge. Pride of Horridge. Yeah, it's yeah. A bit too fast. For him. Yeah. Okay then, Rod. Well, thanks for that, mate. We'll right. uh, we'll speak to you next week. Right. Okay. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Cheers. Bye. 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 Well, that was Rod Millman down in Colompton, and now it's time to go up to Lambourne and catch up with Jamie Snowden. Okay, Mr. Snowden. It seems that it might be the close season, but you're still popping the winners in. Yeah, that's very kind, Eddie. Yeah, it's, um, although it's quiet, obviously we haven't got too many runners. Thankfully, the uh, the scoreboard's ticking over nicely. Prize money coming in. And- 
and um, yeah, they, they all seem uh, seem in good order. And you were saying back along that uh, all the winter horses are due back in soon. Yeah, some of the uh, the winter horses back in. Um, some of the ones that the earlier ones that went out. Um, some of the ones that maybe have had a year off through through niggles and this that and the other. So um, they've all started coming back in, and uh, yeah, we're we're beginning to fill up again. How long would you say it takes to get a horse from from sort of day one of the trading regime to to you know ready to race? How long? How many weeks sort of does it take? Um, I think obviously it it, de- it depends on how long is a piece of string. But um, broadly speaking, I think that um, if you've got an older horse um, who, who's obviously uh, just had a routine um, summer holiday, uh, let's just say they go out end of April, early May, they come back in early July. It would usually take three months to to get them fit. Um, I'd, I'd usually chop them through July, canter through August, and work them through September, and they'll be ready to run in October. Oh, right. As long as that, I didn't realise it. As long as that, um, College Oak, good win on uh, the twenty eighth of June. Lovely win, yeah. He um, he's a he, he's a he's a cracking little horse actually. He's he's um, part owned by by my old school actually, the, the old Radleyan Racing Society, and. Um, uh, he, was a, he was a good horse in his younger days. He won a bumper, he won a novice hurdle, he won a decent race at Ascot as well. Um, and then he went slightly off the radar um, for a moment or two and things didn't quite work out. But um, it's taken a, a, a moment to sort of get him back on track. But thankfully, this season, he's, he's looked good. He, um, he was a very good second last time out at Fosslass, where he was narrowly beaten a photo, in a photo finish. I think he went down a short head. Um, so he certainly deserves to get his, get his head in front this time. And you've got two two going to market raisin according to this on Sunday night fever and Arbenig, Arbenig, Arbenig. Yeah. So um, we've got we got two entries there. Um, we've got one whether they go or not. Um, I'll, I'll find out in the morning at declaration time. See whether we decide to take our chance. But um, we've got a, bu- a nice bump horse that runs tomorrow down at uh, down at Newton Abbott. She'll have a she'll make a debut down there. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, she she goes nicely. Um, it's a relatively competitive race, but hopefully she she can uh, she can go well on debut. And, and of the two potential runners on Sunday, which one's the most likely? Do you think? Um, I'm a bit dubious about whether we'll go with either. Actually, in fairness, I suppose if you're asking me now, I'd probably say sixty forty that neither will run. Right. Um, yeah. So. Um, yeah, we might be looking at looking at next week, perhaps for our next runners after after tomorrow. How do you do? I think we'll probably end up at Utopster, um, Arbenig's in, Fortunate, Fortunate Fred's in, and then uh, and then we'll have a few at the few the following weekend. So, is this all sort of weather related? I mean, the, I mean the going's not that bad at the moment, is it? Uh, well, as to whether we'll run the two on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, predominantly, uh, predominantly opposition related. So, yeah. um, I might, I'm, I might, I might put a couple of entries in, might put some tentative entries in and, um, uh, for, for every, every one, I, I'll probably put, 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 I'll probably put three entries in per horse at any one time. All oh, right. Yeah, I see. For, yeah. For yeah. the horse. Yeah. Okay. Then, uh, Jamie, well, I hope you have a, uh, a good weekend. And uh, uh, and tomorrow at night, Newton Abbott. Uh, and um, yeah, we'll speak to you next week if all being well. Yeah, perfect. Just one other point of interest. We've actually got a, a runner in a charity race at Newton Abbott tomorrow. Um, 
one of our one of our members of staff um, is is riding in a charity race. So oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's say she has a, she has a good run. It's, it's for Racing Welfare, which is a great yeah. charity look, looking after all the staff in racing, what have you. So um, if any of your listeners feel like donating, then please do. Good. Okay. Details on your website. Um, yeah, details at race, Racing Welfare website. Right. Okay, that's fine. Well, hopefully they will take the uh, the initiative, having been tipped off, and they'll do something. Yeah, great stuff. Thanks, Eddie. Okay. All the best. Thank you, Jamie. Speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, that was Jamie Snowden up at Lambourne, and now it's time to catch up with Dave Wilson from Harlequin Racing, who had a bumper week last week. Good afternoon, Dave. How are things with you today? Yeah, very well, Adrian. Uh, fantastic weekend last weekend. We had uh, six bets, four of them winning, a 20-to-1 winner, a 9-to-1 winner, 11-to-8, and a 9-to-2. So, uh, yeah, we've got a spare bottle of wine this week, and uh, we're going to enjoy it. Okay. So, uh, now, go on, tell me you did, a, you did a pound accumulator as well, did you? No, no, we just backed them all singularly. We don't we don't often have a multiple bet, so uh, uh, we just had the single bets. And obviously the 20 to 1 shot was the last one of uh, six at run, and uh, that really kicked the weekend into gear for us. Yeah, so, well, uh, uh, I think you had more than a bottle go. of wine there anyway, more like a crate, I would have thought, after that. Well, funny little story. I was sitting here on Monday afternoon and watching Windsor races, and I didn't have my glasses on, and I hadn't had a bet all day. And uh, I was having a look through the form of the last race at Windsor on Monday evening, and uh, there was an Aidan O'Brien horse, an ex-Joseph O'Brien horse, sorry, which was running. He was an 80-rated handicapper out in uh, Ireland, and he was running off a 68 over here. Now, obviously, we all know the Irish form is a lot stronger than the English, so with a £12 deficit from what he'd... Uh, achieved as a handicap mark out in Ireland and I thought, oh, I'll have a bet on him. And he was showing 11 to 1, uh, what, what I thought was 11 to 1 on the Betfair machine. And I had an extra £1.50 on the end of my balance. So I thought, oh, I'll have £1.50 on him at 11 to 1. Yeah. Sat here and watched him bolt in. And uh, his name was Pimlico and he was SP'd at 66 to 1. And he weren't 11 to 1, he was actually 110 to 1. So uh, he bought me an extra couple of bottles of wine, that little fella. So it was just... Goes to show if you haven't got your glasses on, you think you're having a bet at 11 to 1, it was, it was 110 to 1. I've got a name <laughs> for you, mate. Jammy Git. <laughs> yeah, uh, one of the twins likes uh, a thing like that called Jammy Dodgers, so I had to yeah. buy her a packet of them out of the winnings, which really broke my heart. Yeah, serve you right. Serve you right. Well, come on, give, yeah, us, another, give us another 20 to 1 shot then. Come on. Well, we've got a few that we like this week, and uh, so we're going to move over to Haydock uh, for two of them to start with. Uh, the Haydock 240 race is the first one, and the horse we like here is called C. La Rossa. Going to be ridden by Kieran Fallon, trained by William Haggis. One over course and distance on the 28th of May on its seasonal reappearance, and it won that race with quite a lot in hand. Uh, she beat a horse that we backed on the day called Viola, and Viola was very unlucky in that race, not to get a little bit closer, but I don't think she would have ever beaten Cee Rossa. Uh, that was a Class 1 Group 3, and she's won five of the last eight races, and she's improved every time. And she certainly looks to be a, a filly that's on the upgrade. 
Uh, she's priced up at the moment eleven to two with William Hills, which gives us a nice chance to have a fantastic each way bet on her. Obviously, a fifth of the odds free places. She only has to be in first three, and uh, we win money. But I think she's got a very, very lively chance of winning the race. But be aware if you are having a each way bet because uh, the weather's a bit changing with the rain coming down and that. If there's any non-runners, it reverts to two places only in a quarter of the odds. But we're having an each-way bet on her there. Uh, she's won on uh, good going and she's won on the all-weather, so she shouldn't really be affected too much by the soft going or the good to soft going up at Haydock at the moment. And uh, obviously the William Haggis team are banging form at the moment, so uh, we're going to start the weekend off with Celia Rossa in the 240 at Haydock. Right you are. Moving down to the last one, we've got a Haydock, uh, the 455 race. The one that I really like here is called Wilderness Gal. Harry Davis, £5 claimers on board for Andrew Baldwin. Uh, she's a no-name never filly. She's a three-year-old and she's a, a bit of a rare colour. She's a brown. She's uh, one of them type. And uh, Four runs to date she's had. And uh, Last time out, they put a seasonal reappearance in a very hard race at Royal Ascot over a mile. And she didn't seem to get the trip. And uh, to be honest, I think she was only in the race to get the owners a free ticket for Royal Ascot, the way she actually run in it. But she's been dropped back to seven furlongs and she won over seven furlongs at Goodwood last July. And as we're coming into July now, it's the time of year that she uh, seems to hit form. And that was on good, good to soft going as well. And in that race, she actually run an absolute stormer. And... Uh, Another race, she was beaten four lengths in a seven third on Group 3 as well by uh, one of the good, good golfing horses. I can't remember what it was called. And uh, she, she looks to be very, very useful. And she's been dropped three pounds in the handicap. She's down in grade. She's back to the trip that she won at. And she's back on going that she's won on as well. So as I say, all the stars are lined up for this one. And she's priced up at eight to one at the moment. And I don't think that's going to be available too readily on the day of a race so if you're going to have a bet on this one get it on early and that's Wilderness Girl in the 4.55 at Haydock Okie dokie Moving over to Sandown now there's a very good part on Sandown and we're going to start with the 150 race there uh, a five furlong group three and a horse that I've taken to this season is called Mitbehay I think that's how he's pronounced he's one of them types uh, they just throw a load of letters together and think it produces <laughs> a word which there you go. Uh, David Egan takes the ride for Roger Varian. Uh, he gets a three-year-old allowance in this race of £5, which is going to come in very handy. Uh, he's won his last two races, both in very, very impressive style. And one of them was on good to soft going. And the, the next one was actually over course and distance. And he beat a horse called Live for Dream, who's got some very solid form in the book. And he beat that horse very easy. And he was absolutely going away from it at the end and one with plenty in hand. So uh, we're going with Mipley, or whatever he's thinking well called. And, uh, Number he's six. Up at seven... Yeah, it is. <laughs> priced up at 7-2 with Bet365, and we're going to have a nice win bet on him there. So uh, okay. Number six and that 350 at Sandown. All right. 150. Move... Yeah. Moving <laughs> down the card to the 3 o'clock for Coral Distaff, Class 1 listed race. One that I really like here, and she is going to be a nice price, is Queen Aminatou. Tom Marquand takes a ride, another William Haggis trained. 
third last time out, and uh, she won pre t- uh, two races previous to that on the all-weather. And she looks to be a bit thrown in at the deep end here on bare form. But the horse that she was giving £7 to last time out, Zulu Tracker, who finished ahead in front of her, has come out and bolted up a bath uh, recently. And in that last run... Uh, Queen Anaminatu was denied a clear run, and she was hampered as well, and she only ended up getting beaten ahead and a nose, and she was absolutely taken off towards the end of that six furlong race. Now, this is going to be over a mile, Coral Distaff, so it's, she looked to the eye to be screaming out to be stepped up in trip, and I've got a funny feeling that she's going to belie the odds of 12 to 1 that she is at the moment, and... Uh, Four places on offer, a fifth of the odds, and uh, I'm going to have a very nice, tidy bet on her in that three o'clock at Sandown. So that's Queen and Minotu. Righty ho. Moving down to the big race of the day, the Sandown 355 for Coral Eclipse, uh, over one mile two, six runners, and this is a right mouthwater and affair with some very, very tidy horses in the race. But we're going to have a very big bet on our, on our nap of the day, and that's Van Dini. Christophe Sudamon takes to ride for Jean Rouget. Uh, four wins from six runs, and last time out, he was in the Prix de Jockey Club, uh, the equivalent French derby sort of race. Uh, Group 1, Class 1 at Chantilly, and he absolutely destroyed the field. He won it by five lengths, and he could have won it by ten if he wanted. Now, plenty of rain going to be around, and Sandown's predicted going at the moment is good, good to firm. But the, the amount of rain that I've seen coming through here today... I've got a funny feeling that's not going to stay good, good to firm. That's going to be good, good to soft sort of going by the time Saturday arrives. And uh, the way this horse run last time out, and he gets a three-year-old allowance of £10 in this race as well. He's priced up at 13 to 8. And as I say, he's my nap of the day, and I'm going to have a right tidy bet on him there. So that's Van Dini in the Sandown 355, uh, 3, 335 there. OK. Last one we got for the weekend is in the Sandown 410, Aquam. Another one that they throw the letters down and think they, I think they just play Scrabble and just say, oh, that looks like a nice name, but there you go. <laughs> uh, another one that used to be a shake hand down El Maktoum horse and uh, got sold off at the Shagwell House reduction sale after the death of Sheikh Maktoum. Uh, he's only had three runs today, and how do you, how do you say this without being disrespectful? He hasn't really been asked a question in the three races yet. He's uh, finished uh, two and three quarter lengths behind an 89-rated horse, uh, Southern Voyage, on his debut. In his second run, he was three and three quarter lengths behind an 80-rated horse in Giovanni Baglioni. And then on his third run, he got beat a length and a quarter behind a 79-rated horse. Now, the handicap has given him a handicap mark of 78, which is about three or four pounds higher than he should have got for them runs. But considering if you watch M3 runs, he's never really had the reins let loose and he's never been asked a question yet. It'll be interesting to see how this uh, fella goes, especially if the jockey tries a little bit harder than the three that have been on him so far. So uh, we're going to have a little bit on him there. He's priced up at around 11 to 1 with William Hills and they're playing four places on the race. So uh, the end of uh, Saturday bets for us, Sandown 410 Aquam. Lovely job, Dave. Thank you very much. Now I've got to no ask problem, you. Mate. I've got to ask you because you know him, um, and everybody else has had their say on the subject. Frankie De Torre. Now, the dust has settled a little bit. An awful lot being said. Uh, what do you think about? I used to 
hold John Gosden in high regard, and I think he's acted like a complete and utter donut over this situation. Mm-hmm. He should have uh, spoken to Frankie Dettori before replacing him on the horses, and it should have all been settled behind the stable doors, as they say, and not done the public way that it actually happened. Yeah. Uh, I think Mr. Gosden and his son have come out of it in a bad light, and the way that the horses run last week and the way that Frankie rode, as we said, on the zoo, we we thought he'd come out and ride an absolute blinder. And the horses that he's got dropped off of so far, they haven't come out and run any better than they run when Frankie rode them at Ascot. Yeah. So uh, who's in the right, who's in the wrong, proof in the pudding. The horses haven't come out and run any better under different jockeys. And the Gosden father and son team look very, very poor the way they handled the whole situation so uh, if I had a horse running on the flat at the moment and Frankie was available I would certainly stick him in the saddle yeah yeah and I wouldn't let John Gosden train it (laughs) fair comment that's not 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 the first one that said that and of course a a point that I I picked up on um, uh, what's his name Uh, Bjornsson or Abbo or whatever his name is um, yeah, he seemed to have completely forgotten that last season Frankie rode Stradivarius and he won a million pound bonus, as I recall. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's hardly what you'd call loyal, is it, to your jockey? I think the owners are trying to stay loyal to the trainer, whereas the jockey's being disregarded, mm. and I don't know. I I think it's more loyalty to the trainer of the horses because they're not going to be moving the horses from stable to stable especially at this time of their careers and I think a lot of them words will be eaten when uh, Frankie rides three or four winners and probably beats some of the ones that he was dropped off of so it'll be very mm. interesting to see when what, what happens there but as I say there was two run last week which Frankie got dropped off of and uh, they actually run poorer than when Frankie rode them at Ascot, so I think the proof's in the pudding of the result sheet, and that's what the result sheet come out with last week, so yeah, we'll have yeah. to wait and see. Okay, Dave, well, thank you for that. Um, as I say, very similar to several other people, so um, yeah, we'll, we'll see, you know, as you say, the proof of the pudding will be in the eating. Thank you for today. Uh, I hope there's at no least problem. a 9 to 1, a 10 to 1, and a 20 to 1. If there isn't, you will be soundly flogged. Okay. Cool. No problem. (laughs) Everyone have a good weekend and uh, we'll be back next week with uh, some more for you. Okay, Dave. Thanks very much, mate. Okay, everybody. Well, now it's time to join the globetrotting Colin Brown, who has been to Sweden, Finland, I think he said, um, Italy, and now, of course, Sandown Park. I mean, what a life you lead, Colin. Not too bad, is it? Beats working. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We're we're here at um, Sandown Park for the two-day meeting. Of course, and we're going to concentrate on Saturday's racing. Some brilliant racing here uh, on Saturday. There really is, and um, you know, I can't wait for it to all begin, as they say. It's mm-hmm. uh, oh yeah. I mean, it is really fantastic racing, and. Um, you know, decent ground. It's quite dry, so they've had to water a bit. But, um, you know, good fast ground is what I think, you know, all flat horses need. And that's the way they run. So, you know, no excuses if you like. Right. Okay. 
We'll start at Haydock. Start at Haydock, that's fine. And I'm going to give you the winner of the 135. It's a horse called Swayze. It's uh, trained by Muir and Grassic. And um, he's a good little trainer, Muir and Grassic. William Muir has had loads of winners in his time, but he's joined up with a guy called Chris Grassic. And I came back from Bath with him the other night. Really nice guy and uh, knows his stuff. And he's got a few nice horses in the yard. He mentioned this one called Swayze that um, just denied at Nottingham, but ran a great race at Royal Ascot last time out and looks like it could win today. Ran about four to one in the 135 at Haydock, and that is Swayze. That okay. I think can win. Um, right, as we move on through. Uh, the 2.05 here at Haydock um, Park. Uh, quite an interesting race. Actually, the Queen's got a runner in it, which won at Sandown last time out. It's called Duty Bound. And I don't think it will be too far away. Um, and the other horse I quite like in the race is a horse um, that's trained by uh, Haggis called Nathanel Green. But I think Duty Bound is a good each-way bet for Her Majesty the Queen and uh, Andrew Boarding Stable. And that's around about 10 to 1 for the 2.05 at Haydock Park. So which one are you going uh, for, then? I'm going to go for duty bound each way, I think. Right, OK. Her Majesty's. Yeah. Her Majesty's. I'd like to see her have a winner there. Right. Now, the, there's a really good race here. Um, and it's the Lancashire Oaks for fillies and mares. Um, and there's a horse in it called Ishada, who's been pretty good. It was a little bit disappointing first time out this year. At, um, she's probably come on a fair bit for that run, um, Ishada. There's one called Sela Rossa, and they're both trained um, by Haggis. Um, so, we, no, variant trains Ishada, should I say, and Sela Rossa is Haggis. I'm going to go for Haggis's horse, Sela Rossa, in the 440, the Lancashire Oaks. It's about five to one. I think it's got a really good each way chance in the race. And um, yeah, I think it won't be far away. Uh, it's a good race to Haydock Park. Would be one of my favourite tracks, to be perfectly honest. For I don't know why, but just um, didn't have as much luck there as I'd like when I was riding. But it's we're talking flat races today, so. It doesn't really matter. Now, there's a horse that hasn't stopped improving that runs in the old Newton Cup. It's called Gassy. And it ran, well, it just doesn't stop winning. It's won, you know, Kempton, Newcastle, Chester. Then it won at York last time out. It's a horse that's a major improver. Probably a group horse running in a handicap. Number five, Grassy in the 315 listeners. Have a look at that one. Now, I expect Mary's listening, bless her, and um, I hope, uh, hope she's back in a winner or two, or else she'll be a little bit miffed. But I think the horses that I've mentioned already have got really good chances there at, uh, at um, Haydock Park, and probably, probably, I'm just having a quick peek now, probably they are my best bets. At Haydock Parker, I'm going to be perfectly honest in saying. Um, yeah, I think really they probably are my 
my best bets. Although, I will just say that in the last race, the 455 was a handicap. Uh, Kieran Fallon rides one for Haggis called Spirit of Negru. Um, I think that will probably win the last. So, number two to win the final race, the 455 there at, um, at uh, Haydock Park. And then, of course, we've got Coral. They're sponsoring Sandown. And what's the racing we have at Sandown Park? As I said earlier on, it really is fantastic racing. And um, I'm working here for the sponsors, Coral, as well as, uh, as well as doing a bit for a couple of other people. And uh, the first race on the card is the Coral Chart, which is group three. It's the sprint. Um, you need some pretty speedy here, I would say. And you know what? I think could just win it. And it's a horse called Equilateral. It's drawn five. Schumacher rides it. He's only beaten five lengths behind Nature Strip in the um, big race at Royal Ascot, the King's Stand. He's a pretty smart horse. He won't be going off favourite. He's about five to one. Eight go to post. Number two, Equilateral to win the first at Sandown Park on Saturday. Okay. It's sounding easy, isn't it? And then we've got yeah. the... Um, Coral Challenge, it's a handicap, the uh, 225 of the race, worth over £100,000, over a mile. So they need to just get their positions a little bit, if you like, early doors. Um, looks a pretty strong sort of race. And a couple of horses that have been really quite disappointing last time out. But Teal, there's a horse in that I think is quite good. Um, and it's called Czech... Is it called? Well, it's Check called and Challenge. Check, Check and Challenge, yeah. About 11 to 2. I think this is quite a good horse. Didn't run too bad behind Caribas last time out. First time turf. But I reckon that won't be too far away. The um, the Coral Distaff Phillies listed at 3 o'clock is hugely competitive. But um, Richard Hammond's got a horse in there that, of course, won at Royal Ascot. Uh, she went to the Sandingham. And um, she looked a very, very smart filly on the day. And I would say she'll take the beating. And that is Heredia, uh, number five in the three o'clock at Sandown. Now, the Coral Eclipse is at 3.35. What a race this is. I honestly think that Native Trails are one to be on. Vidini from the Aga Khan, owned by the Aga Khan, bred by him, uh, trained in France. You know, is very good and won, I think, at the Irish Derby last time at the French Derby, should I say. But most of his form has been in soft ground. A native trail, if you look at his form, he's done nothing wrong. He's amazing. Um, and I think native trail, about 130, is quite a good bet. OK, fine. What about Mishraf? I like Mishraf in that one, you know. Yeah, he's, um, he's won OK in it before, hasn't he? But he mm. was third last year. Um, I'm not so sure about him personally. Not so sure. Okay. Um, I'm moving on from that race, and I'm going to go to the um, 4.45. Oh, the suspense um, is killing me. Yeah, the 4.45. And um, there's a horse in it I think could run a big race. It's... Uh, it's a horse that um, is about a you know double. It's, it's quite a good price. 
called Midnight Train. And I think it's trained by Chuck Clive Cox. I think it could run a decent race. I think the main danger to him is number one, Pictual, which Ryan Moore rides for St. Michael's staff. But I think Midnight Train's got an each way chance around about 14 to 1. The last race on the card is a tricky handicap, and I'm not going to try and even pick the winner there. I'm going to let that let you do that. Is that okay? Oh, fine. <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot. Um, what do I think is going to win that then? Let's have a look. Well, I'll tell you what, I quite like James Doyle on Shamlan. Yep. Shamlan, yep. For Kevin yeah, Philippart Defoe. Yeah. Yeah, no, so I'm, I'm going to go for yeah. that one. Go for Shamlan. Well done, old sausage, and let's hope it wins for you. It well, could easily, well, I'd you, say. You yeah, competitive racing. You never know, do you? You never know. You just never know. Good. That's why we don't live in Barbados all the time. Yeah, exactly. Okay, then, Colin. No well, thank you for that, time. mate. And um, you have a good day at uh, Sandown Park today. And we will talk to you next week, okay? We certainly will. Take care, listeners. Have a great weekend. Mary, have a lovely weekend. Sadie, have a lovely weekend. Will do. Well, that was our Colin Brown, as usual, bringing up the rear. So thanks, Colin, for that. And we'll talk to you next week, of course. And that's basically brings us to the end of the show this week. So I hope you've enjoyed it. And uh, plenty of talking points there, especially the Frankie Dettori situation, and quite a few outspoken opinions on the situation as well. But uh, hopefully Frankie will be getting loads of rides now, just to uh, thumb his nose at a few people. And uh, Frankie, if you've got some spare time, come on the show, we'd love to have you. But in the meantime, that's it for us this week. Join us again next week here on Three Valleys Radio, and have a very good week in the meantime. Bye for now. listening to the Three Valleys Radio Racing Show every week Friday 7 o'clock